You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing, God, in our church. And we thank you for the church of Jesus Christ, which is being able to be a light right now, Lord God, uh, in Texas. And God, we do even lift up our our friends uh, in Florida. God, we lift up those who are going to be affected by this hurricane. And Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you would do something beautiful out of something that seems horrific. And God, we ask that this would be a moment where the church responds and that it's our finest hour. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, be at work in the midst of this situation. And God, today as your church, Lord, we fix our eyes on you. And we just say we trust you, your first place in our lives. We honor you. We love you. And everybody said amen. Amen. So one of my favorite stories is of David Wilkerson, who was a young preacher, young pastor in his 20s. And while reading about the gangs in New York City, felt like the Lord called him to move to New York City in the late 1950s and to go and minister to the gangs there. And so he did that. And there's a phenomenal story about as he was ministering to these gangs, some of the pushback and the threats on his life. And one young man named Nicky Cruz looked back at him and in the midst of it, told him that if he continued to minister, that he would cut him into pieces And David Wilkerson's response became what was a famous response and eventually went into the book, The The Cross and the Switchblade. And he looked back at Nikki Cruz and he said, if you throw me into the street and cut my body into pieces, then every single piece of my body will still cry out, I love you. And right there is the message of what John is saying here in 1 John chapter three. He is, if you can imagine, one of the apostles who saw Jesus voluntarily lay down his life. And so John goes on to talk about not only does Jesus lay down his life, but he says the mark of the Christian is that we lay down our our lives for others and that love exists in the heart of the Christ follower. And I know as we look at church history, you could say, what what is the mark of a Christian? Like, what is it that we possess? What is it that we all have in common? Is it that we all have the Christian fish on our car? Is it that we all have our kids watch VeggieTales? Is it a haircut, a tattoo of a cross? What is it? The tattoo is not it. The mark of the Christian is this, the love of God in our veins as we love other people the way we've been loved. And so today I want us just to see in the text here, this idea of love. And my prayer is that this would really mark our church. To be quite honest with you, I've seen some churches that, man, right at their core, there is this love in action. And every opportunity they can, they voluntarily give up human comfort to show value and love other people. And there is, as you know, churches where you really wouldn't see it indeed. There might be some friendship in gathering but you don't necessarily see love in the people, loving people into the kingdom. And as this church just got the DNA, just kind of getting started, one of the things that we believe for is that what John says here would be true of us, that we would love people, that we would get out of our comfort zone, that we would lay down our lives like Jesus did. So let's read the text. First John chapter three, it says this, this is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Wow. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So let's just take this phrase by phrase. First, John says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Of course, when John says this, this is not John's idea. John's quoting Jesus. Jesus said this. Jesus said in John 10, 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So as John recollects this, and as John looks at believers, Jewish believers, he's communicating what he already heard with his ears, Jesus say. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life. And John now looks and he says, all right, I saw Jesus voluntarily lay down his life. And you can imagine going back to the story before Jesus actually goes to the cross, we have what's called the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. And in the story, Peter and James and John, they, you've got Jesus about to go to the cross, but the scripture says that Jesus' face shone like the sun. And there's the audible voice of God that says, this is my son. If you're John and you see Jesus' face shining like the sun and you hear an audible voice and then you see that man who supernatural activity has just taken place on the mount and now he's voluntarily, he's already said, I'm gonna go lay my life down. He keeps speaking of it and he voluntarily decides to have human beings able to take him to the cross and he is saying this, I'm laying it down. It is voluntarily, voluntary. I choose it. And if you're John, you've got this memory of Jesus voluntarily going to the cross, laying his life down. Jesus demonstrates what it looks like. Having much, I mean, possessing all and becoming the most mocked on the cross. Surely John, as you imagine, John picturing this as he's writing, he's remembering this love that fuels Jesus, that Jesus would lay down his life. And it's, it's the memory, it's the, the example of Jesus by which is the motivation then to give the next command which is this, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So more than just gritting your teeth and saying, I, I ought to lay down my life for other people, it is this, the memory, the knowledge, the love that fuels your heart to lay down your life for others is this, man, Jesus has laid down his life for me. Here's the challenge. We live in a time where we've heard that, we know that, we possess songs about it, we see bumper stickers about it, and it's easy for it to no longer be what fuels us. It's surely our own determination and grit. But here's the way that John says it, all right, as Jesus has laid down his life. That is the motivation. That's what pushes you over the hump. That's what causes you. That's what brings this inspiration to lay your life down. And John says, as he's communicating that we ought to, 
Jesus said it again in John 15. In John 15, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So Jesus has communicated and John's just remembering it and John's saying, okay, Jesus says, give love like you have received love. And how did Jesus demonstrate love? Jesus demonstrated by laying his life down. The greater recollection, the greater study, the greater movement that you have in your heart about what Jesus has done for you, the greater will be your ability to demonstrate his love to other people by laying your life down. So we want to be a people that never get over it. I read that this week. Christians are those that just can't get over what Jesus has done for us. In other words, sometimes the temptation is to live in a little bit of guilt. Well, I ought. Well, I should have. Maybe I should have helped that person. Maybe I ought to. But here's where we want to live. We want to live out of the overflow with gratitude of this. The magnitude of what Jesus has done for me still moves me and it's new, and it's fresh, and I'm forever grateful that I was this broken, sinner, addicted, weak, and Jesus saved me. And out of that overflow of gratitude, it's this, man, if he voluntarily lays down his life for me, I've got this little window of time on planet earth, however much time I have, and it's my privilege, joy, and opportunity to lay down my life so that they might see Jesus in me. I'm not much of a uh, musical watcher. I don't really like musicals, but I am a big fan of Les Mis. Um, there you go. You got some. Les Mis is the first musical I ever saw, and I think it's the last musical I ever saw that I wasn't in. And uh, that's embarrassing. But um, most of us have seen seen a movie more than read the book, but to those of you who read the book, kudos to you. You're the smart ones. There's this great, great storyline of Jean Valjean, who's the guy who stole bread. He was just a young man and hungry. The only thing between him and having his hunger pains be gone was that window. He steals the bread. And you know the story. He goes to prison and over the course of 20 years, his heart goes from being just a soft hearted young kid to a criminal that has to stay in there because he's trying to escape. So he stays in there for 20 years and, and he leaves a hard, bitter, and in the idea of the movie and the musical and the book, cold-hearted man. It's the epic story of the bishop who opens up his home to the criminal and the criminal steals his silverware and the great idea, once he's captured by the police, and the police bring him back, and they say, he stole your stuff, and he says, Jean Valjean, the bishop says, Jean Valjean, he goes, I'm disappointed in you because you forgot the candlesticks. And so he brings the silver candlesticks and puts them in his bag. The bishop tells the police to go, and Jean Valjean is in shock, and he says, you mean you're you're giving this to me. And I just love that whole conversation because in that conversation, we see grace. In that conversation, we see loved first. In that conversation, we see laid down my silver, laid down my life. 
And he looks at Jean Valjean and he says, with the silver, I've bought your soul. And now I give you back to God. Now go and use this for God. And then whether you're reading the book or watching the movie or watching the musical or watching it live, the rest of the story is a man who is so transformed by love that it's story after story of him laying down his life for the most broken, for the people in his life that are in need. That is our story. Our story times 10,000, where Jesus lays down his life, voluntarily looks at you, and he says, you in the midst of your hard-heartedness, your greed, your fear, your resentment, your frustration, your sin, your addiction, I will voluntarily walk off the Mount of Transfiguration where I have just had my father speak over me and face shine like the sun and I will embrace the lowest of lows, spat upon, whipped, beaten, torture for you. And he purchased our lives, not with candlesticks, but with his own life. And so the story that we possess is Jesus laid down his life and it is, it is not a theory in a book. It's my story. It's my testimony. And my motivation to possess laying down my life for others is not just humanism that I should give because I'm a good person and it's about me. It is not merely some kind of guilt, some kind of shamed into maybe I should help some people. The motivation that we have is this, I can't get over what he's done for me. And his love for me is my story. His love for me has transformed me. He laid down his life for me. And so my opportunity and my privilege is to lay down my life for others. And in that, when you have that as your base, then your root system is love. It's not greed. It's not yourself. It's not fear. Your root system is love. And that's how 1 John starts. Chapter three, it's this, how great, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we would be called children of God. And that is what we are. John's saying, this at our core is who we are. We're the children of God. And like a father who lavishes love on his children that can't help but erupt with love for his kids, that's what your father is like. In fact, we see that in the baptism event in Matthew chapter three, where the father erupts with love for his son. This is my son, God the Father, to God the Son. This is my son whom I love. And Jesus, going into ministry, has the Father speaking, I love you. And as you go into ministry, love in action, you have a father, you're my child. It's not motivated I'm gonna kick you out unless you do something. It's this, man, he loves me. I am loved. And uh, because sacrifice, love has been demonstrated for me out of the overflow of gratitude, thanksgiving, 
I too want to lay down my life. And so for us as Christ followers in 2017, we have the privilege to say, all right, we've been given much. How can we give? We have so much. What? Because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done for me. It's, it's your story. It's God. I'm looking for ways to lay down my life. I'm looking for opportunities far more than the obligatory fill in the calendar. Imagine being the person that just says, the love tank is so full, it's overflowing. Like I've been filling for people to demonstrate love to. I'm looking for those that I can show his kindness to. If we read in the text there, John gets real practical. He says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. He's saying, I want to see it. I think, friends, we live in a culture where it's pretty easy to have tons of words, right? I mean, we can tweet something. We can text something. We can audio text something. We can Facebook live something. We can get our words out in an instant. But John's here saying, all right, look deeper than words, not just with words, but with action, but with deed. I love the, this last week I told you the, I showed you the story of uh, Jeremy Foster, who uh, is in Houston, and he's one of the churches that we've been helping in the midst of Hurricane Harvey. Um, and he told this story about a guy in his church. His name is Gil. And in the midst of the hurricane, there was all these guys that were in the area that had boats, and they had nice boats, and they were going out, and they were rescuing people. And, and, and Gil possessed this desire to rescue people, but he didn't have a boat. And then there were others that were rescuing people in canoes and kayaks, and Gil wanted to help people, but he didn't have a kayak. And so Gil looked at what he had, and what he had was an inner tube. And so Gil went out and went house to house in the middle of the hurricane, looking for someone to rescue with an inner tube, and ended up saving eight people's lives on the first day, pulling them out with an inner tube, only then the next day to develop an army of men who had inner tubes. <laughs> and I just love that because for most of us, we hear a story like, I got to lay down my life for someone else. And honestly, we just think of some big moment, one big moment, man, I, maybe one day I'll get my chance. Except John here is intentionally being extremely practical. Because in one big moment, Jesus laid down his life for us. But as Christians now, we have the opportunity to lay down our lives by looking at those around us and demonstrating love in 100 tiny, small acts of love. Day after day. You may not get the big moment. And it's easy to write the text off because we're looking for the moment. But we want to be the people that are looking around us, filling up our time with how can I add help, love this person who's got less and I've got the love of God pumping through my veins. He's, he's, I've been loved much, so I want to love much. So we become a church that's got love 
in our veins, like love in action. I'm overwhelmed with it. I just believe that if we'll do that, I think when we're generous and we give of our time, I think when we give of our prayer time, and it's not just our prayers for ourselves, but it's prayers. That's why every week on Wednesday nights, we're just stretching out our hands and just praying for the city. I think, I think in the way that we serve and in the way we give, we've got this moment to demonstrate to a broken world love and action. And I think that when we'll help people in their weakest moment, when they're in their hurricane, when they're in the moment where it feels like things are falling apart all around them, that's the greatest moment for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so when you see someone in their weakest moment, even like when Jesus saw the adulterous woman in her most broken, embarrassing, shame-filled moment, Jesus, neither do I condemn you. If you'll look for people in their most embarrassing moment, if you'll look for people when it looks like they're down and out, and if in that crisis, you'll be Jesus to them, you'll have love in action, I think we'll personify this idea of loving, not just with word, but with action, with like real love in our veins. And we see it, it's part of our lives. And so I wanna invite you to consider people that you're not currently considering. Like you've already kind of developed in your mind how you demonstrate love to people. I wanna invite you to expand that circle and start to ask the Lord, who is there in my life that I could forego this little bit of energy, this little bit of money, this little bit of time, this little bit, so that I could give up something that I have that makes my life better in order to show love in action. And I just want you to think that way because I believe that's the mark of Christians. Throughout history, it's our mark. It's, man, when, you, when it's those people who follow Jesus, what do they have in common? Well, more than just Ichthus's little fish on our cars, more than the books that we have our kids read, more than that all of us are listening to Christian music on Pandora, I'll tell you who we are. The love of Jesus is pumping through our veins. We're like demonstrating the love of Jesus to a broken world. We're looking for opportunities. We're looking for ways. And then the narrative around the Christ follower is why? Why, why, why is there such love in them? And it's always this. We've seen him. We know him. He loved me first. He laid down his life for me. And I've got this unending gratitude. I just can't get over it. He loved me first. And I want to demonstrate love. I love the story of the fourth century Roman governor who, Roman emperor, who was speaking of Christians. These Christians would not only love Christians in the midst of sickness or plague, but he was speaking of how they loved the Romans and the very people that were out to squash them. They would love not only their own, but they would love the poor Romans as well. Speaking to one of his colleagues, he said this, he said, these godless Galileans, which he's saying it godless because they don't worship the Roman gods. These godless Galileans care not only for their own, but ours as well. 
Here's the idea. They're going out of their way to love even those who are not loving them. And so our privilege is this. All right, I've been loved much. Jesus has laid down his life. How? God, can I overflow with love for those around me? Love in action. And my, my prayer for you is, is just, at, the, I think that there can be this DNA inside of us where it's culture, where it's something that, that I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but, but I've, I've seen places where there's a whole culture of people where the storyline is, I'm looking to love, I'm looking to serve. I'm, and I've seen churches like that in, in my lifetime. And I just believe it. I, I believe that, I believe we can be that. I believe that we can be people that just can't get over what Jesus has done in our lives. And quick on our tongue is, he's awesome. He loved me first. But then quick with our hands and feet is that love fuels me to demonstrate love. Demonstrate it. Love in action. I'm looking for ways. I'm looking for ways in how I pray. I'm looking for ways in how I give. I'm looking for ways in how I serve. I'm looking for ways with my time. I'm looking for those who are even in their weakest moment. And I think, I think for me, I don't, it's been a wake-up call for me. I, I know that I've talked about this hurricane like multiple weeks in a row, but it's gripped me because it's, it's kind of like, I kind of feel like when you see people and their lives are kind of just humming along kind of nice. You know, like everything's working and cars work and house works. And everything's working. And there's, there's a little bit of openness to the gospel. But man, when, when, there's a, when, there's, when everything's falling apart, when you're at the weakest, when you're most broken and someone offers you an inner tube, that's when you're, that's, those are the people that are like, I'm desperate. And it's the perfect moment for us to share Jesus. And I just believe that God's called us to be a great commission church that's looking for opportunities to share, looking for opportunities to demonstrate love, looking for opportunities. So where's the hurricanes around us? Where's the people? Where's the most down and out person? The person with the lowest job at your business. The person that you know that is broken, that you can just, you just have enough energy, time, money, love to just go, man, Jesus laid down his life for me. And I'm looking for a way to lay down my life. I'm looking for an opportunity. I'm looking for a person to help. Love and action. Not just words, but our lives. We bow your heads with me. Father, we just pray that these words in 1 John 3 would be true of us, God. And as a church, we just confess our temptation to be busy being busy. We got so much to do for you. We got so much to do for us. Sometimes it's very easy for us to miss the opportunities all around us. And so Father, we just ask, open up our eyes to see and fill us up with your love that we might overflow with love, God. 
God, we want to we live this. We want this to be like, when we stand before you one day, we just want this to be a part of our story. Part of our story was that we were the hands and feet of Jesus. It wasn't just verbal. It wasn't merely trying to make it, do some good deeds, get into heaven. No, we want to be undone with the love of God. How great is the love that you have lavished on us. Our whole lives, we want to be the, the children that are forever grateful and forever look like our Father. We want your love in our veins, in us. Help us, God. We love you. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.